Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Pirkei Avos podcast, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions, comments, or just would like to reach out and say hello, please don't be shy. Feel free to send me an email at gmail.com. I love getting feedback. For this week, we're continuing with Perek Aleph, Mishnah Yudches, Chapter 1. Mishnah 18, and God willing, this week we will be completing chapter one and we'll be turning to chapter two next time. The Mishnah begins. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says, The world endures on three things. Al-Hadin, number one, on justice. Number two, va'al ha'emes, on truth. And number three, va'al ha'shalom, and on peace. Shenemar, as it says in Zechariah, emes u'mishpat shalom shiftu b'sha'areichem. You shall educate the verdict of truth and peace at your gates. Shem Ben Gamliel is teaching us three points on how the world continues to exist. That is justice, truth, and peace. Now, just to give a little background here on the, the Tana of our Mishnah, it's Reb Shimon Ben Gamliel. Reb Shimon Ben Gamliel, according to many commentaries, is the grandson of the previous Tana of the last Mishnah. Last Mishnah was Shimon Bino. And this one is Reb Shimon Ben Gamliel. So this is the grandson of Shimon from, the, from Mishnah Yud Zion. And he was the leader of the Jewish people during the times of the Bar Kokhba revolt and was the father of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi who was the compiler of the Mishnah, who wrote down the, the Mishnah, which is the oral Torah, that it should continue, and he compiled the, the six orders of the Mishnah. And he's telling us three things on how the world continues to exist. Now, the first question that, that's asked on this Mishnah is that we know, for all you Perkyavos podcast listeners, you know that the second Mishnah in Perkyavos tells us what? Tells us there, Al Shleisha Devarim Ha'olam Oimid. On three things, the world stands. On three pillars, the world stands. Torah on the pillar of Torah, Avoda, which is the uh, the pillar of Avoda, represents the temple service, which nowadays is the prayer service, and number three is Gemilos Chasadim, which is doing good and kindness to one another. So the Mishnah in Beis chapter one, Mishnah two, tells us this is Shimon Atzadik. It's from the Anshei Knesset Sagadola, 
from the men of the great assembly. And he told us, on Torah, on Avoda and Gemilas Chasadim. And the question is, is how do we reconcile this earlier Mishnah that tells us the three things, the three pillars of the world with our Mishnah now and Mishnah Yudches, Mishnah 18, where it says on three things, the world stands or endures. Din, MS, and Shalom. Justice, truth, and peace. How do we reconcile the fact that these two Mishnahs are listed? Right, We know that nothing is extraneous in the Torah. And there has to be a good reason why we, we, we're saying this. How do, we, how do we deal with this issue? So there's different um, ways to answer this question. We're going to explore two of them today. Maybe three. And the first one that I wanted to talk about is this idea that there's a difference between this, the earlier Mishnah, Mishnah 2, and Mishnah 18. Because what did we say? What's the wording? If you look closely at the actual wording of the Mishnah, it gives us a hint to the different messages it's to, trying to convey. In Mishnah number 2, it says, The world stands on these three things. And over here in Mishnah 18, it says, On these three things, the world exists. So we have a little bit of a key here and hint to the difference between these two things. Maybe they're not coming to tell us the same type of information. Maybe they're trying to tell us two different points of the world's existence. So let's see. So according to some of the commentary, the explanation is given is that the, the, the Mishnah that earlier tells us the world was created, that world stands on three things, Torah, Avodah, and Gimel Chasadim, Torah, the, the service, and acts of goodness and kindness, is telling us of God's, the reason why God created the world. Sort of the ideal picture that God, God had in mind when he created this world. And whose merit that the world was created. But now, the mission over here by us, Mishnah 18, which says that the world exists, the world endures because of justice, truth, and peace, that's not telling us the ideals. It's telling us the minimum. The minimum that's necessary for the world to continue existing, you need to have these three attributes, which is justice, truth, and peace. That without these three things, then the world cannot exist. So the earlier Mishnah, which said the world stands on these three pillars, is the ideal, is the reason why Hashem created the world, so that we should aspire for these ideals of Torah, Avodah, which is a service of God, and Gemilat Chasadim, and goodness and kindness. It was set up in that way. The world was set up and created in this fashion that we should aspire to, to get, get to those lofty ideals. At the same time, in our mission over here, God is giving us the minimum that is necessary for the world to continue to exist, which is judgment, truth, and peace. And um, I think we can understand this idea that there's ideals, and then there's actual reality. 
right? God has given us free will. We're not forced to do good. We have a choice to do good or bad. And we don't necessarily have to follow through with the ideals of how God created the world. We could choose to do other otherwise. We don't have to learn Torah. We don't have to do avodah. We don't have to do acts of goodness and kindness. We have the ability to choose right from wrong. But at the same time, there's a minimum that's needed for the world to continue to, to exist. For society to function, you need to have justice, you need to have truth, and you need to have peace. And we'll get into that a little bit later, these three ideas. But it really is a important message for us on a personal level. Is Aside from the fact that we need these functions for society to exist, on a personal level, we have to remember that there's ideals and then there's reality. That it's very important for us to have high ideals to strive for, to have lofty goals and aspirations. You know, even though seem, things don't necessarily seem like we get there, we have to have these ideals and thoughts of where we want to get to, where we could get to, what we want to do. Although there is reality sometimes that puts us back into check, but we need to still have those goals we can reach, reach for. You know, the expression is, if you don't reach for the stars, you'll never get to the sky. You know, there's a famous story they say, um, I forgot which great sage it was. They said, they asked him, like, how did you become such a great sage? I think this was Rabbi Baruch Ber. Rabbi Baruch Ber Leibowitz was a one of the great Rosh Hashivas in pre-war Europe. And they asked him, I said, you know, how did you become who you are? So he said to his students, his followers, he said, I only became Rabbi Baruch Ber because I dreamed of being, you know, the Chavetz Chaim or someone great or, or no, I, because I dreamed of being Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim of Brisk, he was the father of the one of the, the greatest thinkers in, in pre-war Europe. He was one of the greatest Rosh Hashivas. His, his um, method of learning is followed in, in most yeshivas. It says, because I, I tried to emulate my Rebbe, my rabbi, Reb Chaim, so therefore I became Reb Baruch Ber. Meaning he's trying to say is that if I would have tried to just be, you know, maybe just try to be Reb Baruch Ber, I mean, not on a personal level to, to try to be someone else, but to strive for striving. If I, if I would have just strived for, you know, for this level, I would have gotten to here, even, you know, to lower than what I am now. But from the fact that he strived for such a high level that he became the great person who he was, because whatever you strive for, you know, usually it comes out, you're going to, you're going to reach a little bit less than that, you know? So if that's what I, takes me back to, if you reach for the stars, then you'll, you know, you, you can get to the sky. But if you don't reach for anything, you don't have those aspirations. So how do you expect yourself to, to get to a place that's greater than when you are right now? How do you expect yourself to push yourself to, 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 to do things maybe you thought were impossible? It's only when you have these, this outlook that there's ideals. You got to have those ideals. You got to be ide idealist, right? That's the, when people say, oh, I'm an idealist, people think of them as, you know, maybe a little bit not in touch with reality. 
And, you know, there's idealists and there's realists. People are very grounded in, in the real world. You have to be a little bit of both. You have to have ideals. You got to be idealist. Because if you're not idealist, you, 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 you know, you're, you're losing out on what you could have been possibly. So the message I want to take out from this Mishnah is that when it comes to our own personal goals and growth, to have a picture of ourselves a little bit more than what we think we could do. You know, I'm, I'm not going to take this to the extreme where you should, you know, uh, have in mind that you'll be like uh, the greatest sage in the whole world. It's hard for us to even imagine that. But one thing we can do is to picture ourselves doing something a little bit more than we're doing now. Maybe something I'm not used to doing. Maybe something that, you know, you could maybe picture yourselves in that situation. You could picture yourself there. Even though you're not there yet, you could picture yourself doing that. You know, maybe think of yourself, you know, if, you know, maybe I could keep kosher. Maybe I could keep Shabbos. Maybe, you know, all these, maybe I could learn an hour a day. You know, each person to themselves have in your mind that I want to get to that point. I want to get there. So even if, Reality is, is, is a little challenging to overcome the Yitzhahara, the evil inclination. But you have that ideal in your mind, which is something for you to strive for. It's something for you to grow towards. And you might be pleasantly surprised to find out that the idealist that you think you are, that this ideal, this lofty goal you have in your mind is not so far out of your reach to begin with. Because God helps us get to the places we want to get to. If we have the good intentions to achieve spiritually and to grow, and we take that first step forward, Hashem will help us get to our destinations. Our job is to take that first step and to have that goal, to have that ideal. So I believe that's a, a lesson from this Mishnah from the, to reconcile the two Mishnayos of number two and number and number 18. Because one is the ideal and one is the minimum. But we need to have our, our ideals. It's very important for, our, for God had it when he created the world. And us as individuals, we need to have it as well. A second um, idea that helps answer this question of why we have this, uh, these two Mishnayos is that the earlier Mishnah and this Mishnah is not a contradiction at, at all. Rather, it's explaining the two different missions that the Jewish people have and then the rest of the world have. Because when God created the world, Mishnah 2, it's telling us the mission that God had for the Jewish people when he created the world. That God created the world for Torah, Avodah, and Gimel That's something which is primarily affecting, that's commanding, talking to, to, to the Jewish people. And the, the later Mishnah, Mishnah 18, is more focused on the world at large, everyone else. That the world at large, they have to focus on din, MS, and shalom. Justice, truth, and peace. And that reconciles the two different uh, approaches to the Mishnah. And a third um, a third understanding, which I believe is from the Knesset Yisrael and, and the Maral, they explain that th this these two Mishnayos 
are not contradictions at all, but rather one complements the other. And, and he says that the Mishnah 18, the ideas expressed in Mishnah 18, these three concepts, these three fundamentals of din, which is justice, MS, truth, and peace, shalom, are the underpinnings and the foundation of Mishnah 2. Because if you look at it, the Torah represents truth. That Torah is, is the ultimate, you know, people are seeking the truth, and that's the Torah. Torah represents that idea of MS. It is completely true. Avoda, the second pillar of the world, its foundation, its connection goes back to the idea of justice. Din. Because um, the avoda had to be done exactly in a special way. Everything was exact. And the temple had to be done by the Kohanim in a certain way. They could only think about certain things when they're doing the avoda. It was very strict. It, was, it represents justice. It's connected to that idea of justice. And thirdly, Gemilas Chasadim, doing acts of goodness and kindness, represent peace. Because peace, when people are caring about each other, when people you know, don't just care about themselves and they love each other and they do for others, that brings about peace. That is the source of all peace. It's not when people are focused on themselves. It's when people are focused on others around them. And that's how you get to a place of peace, shalom. And now just to jump into these three ideas separately, now that we answered the two questions, you have the first idea that it's expressed in this Mishnah is the idea of din, justice. And on a simple level, it's referring to a court system. There has to be an honest court system for society to exist. It has to be something which people can rely on. You know, what's the first um, sign of a third world country is when the courts are corrupt. When there's no justice, people get away with things that, you know, because of their connections or because of their money. Now, obviously, you know, there's no perfect situation. There's always going to be corruption to a degree. But there's a difference between going to court in a, in a third world country and, and versus going to court in the United States of America. Right. There's a certain, you know, even with all the different things going on and the different things you hear, there is a certain um, sense of justice. People, the, the court system still has a a uh, a name for itself that people can rely on. You know, society, it's keeping society going. And, and, and I believe this this idea of justice as well as we see this is how we have to emulate Hashem, that Hashem runs the world with justice and love. And it's very important for us to we have to walk in the ways of Hashem and one of the ways of doing that is that we have a system of judges set up as well the second idea that the Mishnah expresses for society to function is truth that there needs to be a sense of right and wrong that there has to be people who speak up for the truth or are not afraid to say the truth and you know many times today you know it seems like the truth can get um, foggy. What is true? What is not true? And it really brings me back to this idea of 
truth that we expressed earlier, that how do we know what is true, what is correct? And the only way you could have that moral guidance is if you have your truth, which is anchored, which is not going anywhere. Because if a person bases their truth off what they learn from their parents or from society, so then what you believe to be true today, tomorrow can be evil. And what tomorrow, what today is evil, tomorrow could be good. And this is something I think we see firsthand in, you know, living in this generation, certain things which were totally forbidden have become permissible and even praiseworthy, right? So the point is, is unless you have something that anchors your beliefs, that anchors your morality, it sort of means you have no morality because it's all up to the whims of society. It's all up to what you know everyone thinks. And humans, we're flawed. We have emotions. We, we get swayed very easily. So people's opinions could change. So that's why when it comes to knowing truth and wanting the truth, you need to have the Torah. The Torah is our truth. It's our guidance. It's our moral compass. And the fundamentals, the ideas of the Torah don't change for society, doesn't change for what's popular or not popular. It's set. And that's what it means to have morals. When your morals are set, they're not moving. doesn't make a difference if it's popular or not. You have your beliefs, you have your principles. And that is, that is why the Torah is connected with MS as well. And the last idea of the Mishnah is Allah Shalom. Peace. Now, we can understand why you need peace for society to function. Peace is not just integral for society, but it's integral for our communities, our families, and even ourselves to have inner peace that we need, you know, that, that we need, that we, we want. That's what we all want. We want peace, world peace. We want peace with everyone around us. We want inner peace. And um, the Gemara tells us that that there's no such um, thing as a vessel that can hold blessing, only peace. That the example is giving that if a person has a barrel and the barrel has a crack in it. So no matter how much, you know, wine I want to pour into that barrel doesn't make a difference it just leaks right out you could have the most expensive wine I want to give it to you if your barrel is cracked it's like you're getting nothing but if it's whole if your barrel is complete so then all the good expensive wine that I want to give you you're able to contain it you're able to hold it and the sages explain that peace is compared to that barrel. That if we have peace in our communities, in our families, within ourselves, we're able to accept the blessing that God is giving us. Our barrel is complete. We're able to hold the different brachos that Hashem wants to give us, showering upon us. But if God forbid our barrel is cracked, we don't have peace there's no peace in our community. There's no peace in our family. We don't have inner peace. So then all that blessing which Hashem is showering upon us every day, it's coming out. 
We're not benefiting from it because as soon as we get it, it comes right out. And that really epitomizes this idea how shalom, how peace is essential for the world to exist. Because without peace, you have nothing. Right? A person can have all the good things in the world, have all the good, if they don't have peace, they don't have anything. And that's actually why the blessing, the co- the priestly blessings of Yivarecha, right? Yivarecha Hashem Vishmarecha, Yor Hashem Panavelach of Yuchunaka, Yisa Hashem Panavelach of Yasim Shalom. The blessings that the Kohanim give, right, with as many blessings about physical abundance, right? A lot of good things, a lot of good physical blessings, parnasa, livelihood, and so on and so forth in that blessing. But it ends off with a blessing for peace. And the Talmud relates to us that the reason why this is so is because even with all that goodness in the world, if we don't have peace, all the monetary blessing we have, all the other things are meaningless. Right? Think about these places where there's, you know, just war-torn places. You know, there could be people who have everything, who have things, but just not worth anything. They just, they don't have peace. They don't have, you know, it's not worth anything. And I think this is on a world level and a community level and on a personal level. That if we don't peace with ourselves, our, our family, our friends, um, with those around us, so then we can have everything, but we have nothing. And it's very important, this idea of, of keeping the peace and going to the utmost degree to preserve it, to seek it, to restore it, to do whatever we can to keep it going. Because that is ultimately one of the biggest, if not the biggest blessing. So that's going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out and say hello, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlamakomadekay at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.